This is According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell, McPherson's sports talk show. Nah, I don't eat eggs. You don't eat eggs? No. Ever? No. Scrambled? No. A hard-boiled egg? No. Listen Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Patrick Mahomes, the magic show, is here in Oakland pulling the rabbit out of the hat and handing the rabbit to Travis Kelsey. According to Jim is your home for the McPherson Bullpups. It's over! The Bullpups have knocked off Bishop the age, and for the ninth time in school history, the Bullpups stand atop the state of Kansas. Everything happening in the sports world. Touchdown! And even some things not happening in the sports world. So you're more of a traditional Hark, Christmas Hark music. Hark the Herald player. Angels sing. I like that. Hark the Herald Angels oh, yeah. sing. Yeah, I like that. Now it's time for According to Jim. Here's Jim Joyner and Steve Sell. Let's do this thing. Another edition of According to Jim right here on 96.7 FM KBBE. Or for those of you listening online, worldwide. Yes, we are back. Really? Online at midkansasonline.com. I'm Jim Joyner. Joining me as always, the most popular man in McPherson, the readiest man to make his venture out to Dodge City today, Mr. Steve Sell. Yeah. uh, Excited for Dodge? You got your cowboy hat on? I'm not excited about the trip itself. I'm excited about being there. I'm excited about being there, but the trip is. Yeehaw. it's, It's just like desolate. You get a lasso and. You can wrangle your way out west. Yeah, it's just, but it's it's a desolate trip out there. I've never been to Dodge City, well, and so I'm I'm really looking forward not, to this drive. You're not missing much. It's going to be a lot of fun, Steve. The story of the night. Two words. T-Bob. Taylor Robertson. <laughs> My goodness. So for those of you that haven't been paying attention for the last 16, 18 hours, and maybe you're not huge women's basketball fans at the collegiate level. There's one name I think you pr- that everybody probably still knows is the name that when they roll into town, they don't mess around. UConn, Gino Ariema, the number one team in the country with the best players in the country. And they rolled in to take on Taylor Robertson and the Oklahoma Sooners who were three and six. Who they've really struggled to begin this season. All of a sudden, UConn jumps out. They jump on them like 8 nothing to begin the game. And I'm oh, and watching. Like, in like a minute, I'm going, oh, my God. They're gonna gonna be, uh-oh. Six. It's going to be gonna, a long they're night. They're going to get beat by 60 is what I was thinking. Taylor Robertson starts making threes. You look up at the end of the first quarter. The Sooners are we- or they're winning. You look up at halftime. The Sooners are winning. Going into the fourth quarter, Oklahoma is winning by four. Taylor Robertson is hitting threes. She's got four-point plays. She's dishing out behind the back. No-look assists. Oh, yeah. And all of a sudden, Taylor Robertson was about to take down the number one team in the country. And the Sooners did not finish strong. They didn't score for the last five. Well, they scored one point in the last five minutes of the game. It was a free throw at the very end. Yeah. But Taylor Robertson stole the show last night. She was being guarded by... Katie Lou Samuelson, who is probably considered to be the front runner for National Player of the Year. And maybe the number one pick in the WNBA draft this upcoming season. UConn with the world's greatest athletes in women's college basketball. They couldn't figure out an answer for Taylor Robertson, so they had to box and one her. They had to completely face guard her the entire night. 
and Taylor Robertson still scored 23 points, the most that any player on any team has scored against UConn this year. Wow. Taylor and, freaking Robertson. And she played 40 minutes. Didn't leave the floor. Was double teamed <laughs> constantly and had zero turnovers. So if you go to midkansasonline.com today, I wrote a column about it. I watched the game. Uh, I watched the press conference that they had. And Sherry Cole was just, you know, just, you know, going crazy after the press conference. Then, of course, they get to Taylor. It was like, yeah, it was fun. Wish we would, you know, only thing, we didn't win. That was it. And that was, you know, pure Taylor. Just, you know, just so simple. You know, didn't get excited. Left it all on the floor. Sherry Cole did Taylor's talking for acting. I mean, Sherry Cole's just effusive in her praise. You know, she said, oh, my God, she she showed a lot of guts. She left everything on the floor. And Taylor playing 40 minutes in that kind of pace. Against UConn. Against UConn. This is not against UTEP. Yeah. This, this is, is not against UMass. This is against UConn. Yeah, UConn. And UConn just, you know, earlier beat the number the team that had been number one in the country. You, why, I don't know. But you, I guess defending national champ. But UConn throttled Notre Dame. That was the number one team. Throttled Notre Dame by 18 at Notre Dame. I mean, I figured, I was thinking this game was going to be about 110 to 60. You know, I, I figured, and then I started watching. I said, oh, my gosh. I said, I'll give it a quarter, and then maybe I'll just check in periodically. And then Taylor hit back-to-back threes. She got a little, kind of a nice little runner in the lane. She had eight points, I think, in the first quarter. She had 16 by the half. Uh, she just ran out of gas. And if, if Sherry – The whole know, team did. Well, Sherry Cole does not hardly substitute. Uh, the Pellington girl, uh, the big – Simpson or Samson, whatever her name is – she played almost the whole game. Taylor did play the whole game. Katie Lou played the whole game for UConn. Uh, Collier played the whole game. They were the three that played the whole game. And then Gino Ariema says after the game, well, God, they only had one girl that could make a jump shot, and she almost beat us by herself. You know, he was just – it's kind of a – that's Gino's kind of backhand compliment because I don't think Gino probably makes – he's kind of like Belichick. He probably doesn't make a lot of compliments. But UConn. I mean, are you kidding me? So, you know, Taylor Robertson became a national celebrity last night because that was that game was nationally televised. Right. And they basically had the stage of themselves unless you're watching the Ham and Egger Bowl or Meat Ohio po- and San Diego Meat State. Potatoes Bowl or, uh, you know, uh, whatever you want to call it, the Take Out a Loan Bowl. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, UConn and OU had the center stage last night. And Taylor Robertson's expression – almost never changed, except when she made that really nifty pass. When Taylor was a high school player, you know, you never see her smile or pump a fist after a three-pointer. You know when she got excited? When she blocked a shot from behind. (laughs) She got all jacked up for that. And that's how Taylor is. She's just, and like Sherry Cole said after the game, it shows that the calm that she plays with, the level-headedness she plays with, and nothing rattlers. And and I do have to share a story. Uh, My buddy Craig Knoll from Independence He's a longtime girls coach down in Independence. They had the night off. So they he went down to OU. It's not near as far as it is, you know, for us to go. Norman's not that far. And he got there real early. The SID at Oklahoma is from Independence originally. So, you know, I'm sure Craig went down. He was there an hour and a half before the game. And he said he walked in the gym. The gym was basically empty except for, you know, Kenny and a few of the other people. And there was one person, other person. I wonder who it was. Taylor Robertson out <laughs> shooting shots 
Nobody else was out there. No players, no coaches, no fans. Taylor Robertson out there shooting shot after shot after shot almost two hours before the game. The thing that makes this so much fun is everybody here in McPherson and everybody who got their butt kicked by Taylor over the last four years and over the last 18 years, they all understand. They all understand that there's just something special about her. And did you see her just walking around the roundhouse on Friday night oh, yeah. with little kids following rock her star. around? She was a rock star. Trying to just hang out with Taylor, and she's running around with them. I think if she would have had a basketball in her hand, she would have gone and played one-on-12 against a bunch of <laughs> five-year-olds. There's, this town just loves Taylor. Well, and the reason is is because she to say she's humble is an embarrassment to the word humble because she is beyond humble. And, she, you know, people say, oh, Taylor, you're great, you're great. She's just, oh, shucks. You know, that's just, <laughs> she's like a female Huckleberry Finn, you know. She just, and, and, and the thing is, I got a, you know, confession time. I did not think when she went to OU, I figured she'd get some minutes off the bench maybe at the most. I did not think she'd have this kind of impact. And it hasn't changed her one bit. She's just the same person she was when she was, Leading the Bullpups state championship. Speaking of that, Steve, we didn't talk about this, but I pulled off some audio from our state championship broadcast, and it's a it's a clip of about a minute and a half that I can hardly listen to without getting a little emotional. And this is not dagger, please. Well, it's not the dagger. We Thank won't. God. That that just gives me emotions of joy and laughter. Okay. But this is McPherson getting a stop against Miege. They're up three, and Taylor Robertson walks the length of the floor to shoot a free throw. And we're talking about it because we know this game is over. <laughs> yeah, two free throws. She's Taylor not Robert. going to go 0 for 2. Yeah. So I wanted to play this audio in memory of Taylor Robertson and what a phenomenal game she had last night. Miege to the other end. Verhol, three ball coming short. Rebound. Lakin Sheeprick gets it into the hands of Taylor Robertson. Two seconds left. 1.9 to go. And Taylor Robertson can close her career with a game Feeling free throw. Foul is on Faith Hawthorne and Taylor Robertson with 1.9 on the clock in overtime and a three-point lead. Needs one to win state title number nine and state title number one of her career. Did you ever think Taylor Robertson wouldn't get it done? Oh, my God, she missed one. It went all the way down and popped out. 1.9 to go. 1.9, that's... If she makes, she's not going to miss two in a row, Jim. You know that. Taylor Robertson, the final shot of her McPherson career, has just won a state championship. 1.9 left. Bishop Miege can't even throw up a shot. It's over! The Bullpups have knocked off Bishop Miege! And for the ninth time in school history, the Bullpups stand atop the state of Kansas! 62 McPherson, 58 Miege in overtime! Bullpups win! Bullpups win! Bullpups win it! What a finish from the Tony's Pizza at center in Salina! McPherson, state champion, and the four-year run of terror is over! The evil empire has fallen. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. You were feeling pretty good that everybody was feeling pretty good that night. Well, I could listen to that twenty times, not not just to hear you and me, but just to relive that emotion and knowing every. I mean, Taylor was in tears at the free throw line, 
I mean, she really was. She knew. I mean, she knew even if she missed, they weren't going to hit a three with one, one point whatever left. I think everybody was still a little nervous when Bishop Miege had the ball with about 15 seconds left, and they had to rush down the floor and throw up a three. There was a little bit of nervousness from everybody that they would catch a break, a shot would go in, and then all of a sudden you go to a double overtime, and who knows what happens. But you could feel it and hear it when they get the rebound and Taylor Robertson is walking to the free throw line. I don't know what the odds are in Vegas with Taylor Robertson going to the free throw line, just needing one to win a game. I'd put a whole lot of money. You'd put the farm, you put the house, the car, your kids, everybody, because she's going to make one. Yeah. And the fact that she didn't make both was funny because she made about every free throw she took yeah, all I think year. She only missed like six all year, and that was one of them. Oh, that just it makes me so happy to see her doing well. And to relive that moment, I, I think about it every day. Yeah. And it's been nine months. Yeah, we're in a new se- It's a new season, and as great as that state championship was, we're trying to move on. But it's hard. It is hard because it came against me age. And, you know, it's it, – it, you know, Miege is just... As Steve said, the evil empire has fallen. <laughs> well, that's what everybody around the state, other than those that, you know, have ties to Miege, let's face it, Miege doesn't probably have a lot of fans around the state. Probably not a ton. Yeah. All right, Steve, a really fun night last night for Taylor Robertson. If you haven't yet, go read Steve's column at midkansasonline.com. Speaking of basketball, we got more coming up tonight as the Bullpups are on the road at Dodge City. We'll talk about that next. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmer's State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 12.30 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Back on this afternoon's According to Jim, 96.7 FM KBBE, Jim Joyner, Steve Sell, getting down on it on a Thursday afternoon. Steve, we were playing some audio from last year from the Girls State Championship game a couple of minutes ago. And as a little teaser at halftime, well, let's start it off with this. We put together a big package of about 30 minutes where Steve and I go over some of our favorite games of the year, play a little audio from the 2018 sports year for basketball, for and it's football, the, and for it's baseball. The sports that we had on the radio. Right, so we put together a big audio piece which we'll be putting out next week, and we've already got it done. But we're going to give you a little teaser tonight at halftime or in between the two games, the girls and the boys games, since we don't have a Coach Kinnaman interview pre-done. We're going to give you a little teaser about the first eight or ten minutes in this big audio piece, and we'll post links to it a little bit later. But, Steve, on the road at Dodge City tonight, we'll be heading out here in just a few more minutes to make our way out west. And one thing that you and I have talked about over and over and over again since the Bullpup Boys started 0-3 is find a way to get back to 3-3 and at the Christmas break. And tonight they have a chance to do that. Really do, and they're playing a team that's outstanding. Uh, Dodge City 3-2, and I think, now. They beat Guyman. Uh, when I did my preseed, they were just 2-2, two and but they've added a win. I had to go back in and change my story today because at the time I wrote my preseed, uh, they were 2-2. Two and two. And uh, picked up a win against Guyman. I think that was pretty much 
one of those games they figured on winning. But they I are did some research on Gaiman, Steve. Really? Well, you want to take a guess at what class they are in Oklahoma? I have no idea. 5A. Really? And Oklahoma has six. That's the highest symbol okay. in Kansas. So they'd be like a 5A in yeah. Kansas. So anyway, um, Dodge City can score a ton of points. Their boys put a lot of points on the board. 100 against Hugoton, then 79 against Newton, and 71 against Junction City. I don't know what they scored on Guyman. What would they have on? 62. So that means they're averaging about 70 points a game. 72.2 points per game. But they're giving up about 80. They're giving up 73 a game. Okay. So to give up 73 points a game, that is a lot. Yeah. Now, one of the interesting numbers that I was looking at was opponent three-point percentage. And this might be a little deceiving if you were just looking at a box score for the Dodge City boys defensively. Their opponents are shooting 25% from three. That's a pretty good defensive number. Yeah, it is. Now, the problem is they haven't taken a lot of threes, and they're making 50% of their overall field goals. So what does that tell you, Steve? That other teams are getting a lot of easy looks well, that, in transition. That's what Coach Kinneman said. He, he said, if we just make the extra pass, uh, we're going to get some really good shots. They're giving up a lot of layups. You got, And the thing is, you can't turn the ball over. That's the big concern going in night is turning the basketball over. So Max Alexander, as the point guard, is really going to have to be on his game, and I think he will be. Uh, and the other thing is, Christmas is so close. School is out today. Something about mentally, Christmas time. Mentally, it's gonna be, this is a game that they're going to really have to fight to be focused on. On the girls' side, Dodge City is also 3-2, and two, and they also beat Guyman 45-31. And one of the things I talked about with Coach Reith in our pregame interview was saying it's really hard to do comparative scores for this Dodge City girls' team because I don't really know much about the three teams that they beat Junction City, who they beat 55-22. to They beat Hugoton by four, who is a 3A school. And then they beat Guyman by 14. Their two losses are to teams that I know a decent amount about with Newton and Mays. They lost to Newton by 13, lost to Mays by 17. But it's hard to compare because they've just played so many different levels of teams. The Newton score is the one that I put the most stock in because we saw Newton last year. They still have Desiree Colonel or Colonel, whatever, however you pronounce her name. Yeah. They still got some pretty good players. And if they play Newton within 13, they can't be too bad. And they're coached by Kelly Stodgrass, and her husband, David, used to be a Mac College football player, and he was Ooh. on staff for a while. So the Dodge City girls are scoring 47 a game, allowing 43 per game, a little different than the boys who are rocketing up the scoreboard. The McPherson girls, they're 4-1. and one. The boys are 2-3. and three. For the McPherson girls, it's hard to play a much better game than they played on Friday night against Winfield, and everybody's got a couple of days extra off because they didn't play on Tuesday, and it will definitely be hard to get all 12 different players to score again like they did on Friday night, but this is a team that I think they're starting to get into a rhythm. Well, I think the start for both teams tonight is going to be imperative because we're going to have knock a little rust off. It's been almost a week since we played Winfield and, and Dodge, of course, just playing – Two days ago, they're in a good, you know, they're feeling good about themselves. So the they're start at home, yeah, and you know, kids are probably home from college to come out and see, you know, kids that graduated last year. They want to see some of their old classmates play and things like that. And Dodge, very good atmosphere. It'll uh, be a good game to 
call it. We're kind of down there. If, if we're where we normally are, we're right down there on the court pretty much. So uh, be real good atmosphere tonight. Can't get left at the starting blocks, that's for sure. Steve, I was going back and looking at some research and your stories from when these teams last played, which was three years ago. So there weren't very many different people that are playing in this game tonight that will be that played in that game three years ago. Riley had played in that game but didn't score. I don't think Jake Alexander scored. He might have played, but he didn't score. And that was at like double overtime game. It was at Dodge City, and you prefaced both stories on the girls and the boys' side from February of two, 2016 by saying, we don't know what happened to the alarm clock, but they didn't hit, they didn't punch it off. They just kept hitting snooze, yeah. and that both teams just kind of slept their way through it. And that can happen when yeah. you make a long road trip out to Dodge City. It's December. It's probably going to be dark when they roll up to the arena. Yeah. A long road trip like this can be hard mentally, but also it's hard physically. You go sit in a car for two and a half hours, then hop up and go play. Plus, the schedule's a little different today than it is normally because the JV girls are playing before the varsity girls. Right. Where normally... I think that's what they did the last time we were out there. Normally, at least for McPherson's schedule, they have... Freshmen. The JV girls play during the varsity boys game. Right. So... You can save a little energy for the varsity game because you don't have people playing before. But tonight, there's a lot of girls on McPherson's varsity roster that'll be playing in this JV game. That's another well. There'll be part some girls that normally play JV that won't play, like Grace Pyle. You know, they they like to get her a quarter of JV. Cassie Cooks, uh, you know, they like to get her quarter of JV. They won't be playing. I'm, I'm assuming they probably won't be playing JV tonight. I could be wrong. They might want to play. Never a, been wrong before. They might want to play him a quarter just to kind of let them get you know get the you know rust off and plus you know the long drive getting their legs loosened up a little bit. At least they don't have to worry about finals tomorrow. They don't have any more homework. It's finally the break. I think they get out of school like one 12, o'clock. Twelve thirty, I was told. So they're home free. Yeah. All right, Steve. One more break and then we're home free and westward bound, heading out to Dodge City. We're back after this. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmers State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 12.30 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Wrapping up today's According to Jim, 96.7 FM KBBE, Jim Joyner, Steve Sell. Steve, the one downfall of having to go to Dodge City tonight is we have to miss out on our cookies with Santa. Yeah. Did you know Santa's coming to the radio station tonight? Oh, yeah. I talked to him. You did? Sure. Uh, Did you write him a letter or he called you? We text. (laughs) What's his number? I can't give that out. I can't give that out. Santa 5? I can't give that out. Well, he's stopping in tonight. He's got a whole bunch of cookies. He called up 56 Family Restaurant in Galva. They made a bunch of cookies up. It's going to be a fun night here at the radio station. It'll start at about Five and run until 6.30, so all of a sudden it's going to be Christmas joy here inside the radio station. Then about 5.40, it'll be Jim and Steve, the opposite of Christmas joy, <laughs> talking from Dodge City. 
But it should be a really fun evening here. I got a, to be here last year. We need to get a fat head of you and me and just show what the people are missing. You I got you, a fat head anyway. Well, yeah. You didn't come to Cookies with Santa last year, I no. don't think. No. Why not? I think I had a previous engagement. <laughs> I'm sure you did. But it was a really I fun event. I was probably event. taking a nap. We've got Mark back at... He's coming back. Wow. You know, Mark's a morning guy. Yeah. He real. wakes up at 345. Oh, I know. And he's coming back tonight. Big Tom. Big Tom will be here. We got Casey. We got all the little ones about running Katie? around. Yeah, she might have to swing yeah, by. She might be here. I don't know what her schedule is like, but it's going to be a really fun night here at the station. Santa's coming to town. Santa Claus is coming oh, to yeah. town. Yeah. Steve, what are some of your favorite Christmas not foods, not like ham and turkey and or I guess ravioli for you. Ravioli. What are some of your favorite Christmas desserts? Any kind of pie. Pumpkin pie. Ooh, big pumpkin pie. Well, guy. of course I'm a key lime. Oh, that's true. You I do love, like key lime. In fact, I went to the store the other day and they'd marked three dollars down on key lime. <gasps> oh yeah. <gasps> had to jump. How many did you buy? They only had one. Oh. It's, didn't it's a prized item. Didn't doesn't last long. Didn't make it through the night. <laughs> <laughs> eight, eight out of the middle, like I always do. What about a pecan? Yeah, the, for for those of you that don't know, Steve doesn't like get a knife and and cut from the sides on a pie and, and cut out nice I triangular in, shapes. I just dip in with a fork. He just takes a big old fork and spoon right into the middle. There you go. And just starts eating all the good stuff. Yeah. What about a pecan pie? No. Pecan pie. No. My mother. Tracy, yeah, she makes a really good pecan pie. I'm not a, I'm not a big pecan fan. Now the trick is you got to throw some chocolate chips in there. You sort of bake it with the pecan pie. Yeah. Well, what uh, I think we may be having at our Christmas Ooh. in Lawrence, red velvet cake. But oh, Betty, Steve. Betty, the late Betty Sell had frosting. Nobody could ever duplicate it, and my sister allegedly, according to her has finally figured out what my mom did to make this special frosting, and I think she's going to make it for Christmas this year. I feel really sorry for your sister if she does get this recipe right because you're going to be texting her 24-7 and saying, hey, will you please just send me a bowl of that frosting down here? Well, she's still got all of my mom's recipes. My mom was an incredible cook. I mean, her they always said in Independence, well, Betty sells recipes because I used to put them in the paper. Oh, yeah. You know, in, in the paper. Uh, recipe of the day or whatever. Betty sells recipes. Is that what inspired you to be a newspaper guy? No. Your mom's recipes in the paper? No. No. But, you know, I did work at the local newspaper when I was in high school. So, anyway, um, her recipes would always be in there. And my sister had, she, one of the things when we closed up the house, my mom had a box of recipes that were like from 1950s and 60s, handwritten and everything. And now my sister has all those. And, when my, my sister can no longer cook, she'll pass, pass them down to... To you? No, Miss <laughs> Ashley E., my, there you go. my niece, Ashley Elizabeth. Steve, I would like to see some some documentation, some some video or, or photo footage of you as like a 16-year-old interviewing a coach after a game. Well, Coach Smith, you guys <laughs> lost. Well, what do you have to say? Yeah. And holding up your, your tape recorder and taking little notes. I, wasn't, I didn't have a tape recorder back then. I had to do kind of shorthand and... I probably butchered the quotes, but we see butchered quotes all the time. So, <laughs> I'm sure you did butcher some quotes, Steve, yeah. but you don't, you don't do that anymore. Well, you know what Roger Trimble used to always say? What is that? The, the father of dog bone? Yeah. Make me sound good. That's, pretty, that's he trusted, pretty easy. He trusted me. He said, make me sound good. I bet you never didn't make him sound good. And you know what Jay Frazier used to always say? 
Just you saw the game. You saw you, it. You ride it. You ride it. Yeah, <laughs> that's what Jay Frazier used to, the the late great Jay Frazier. All right, Steve. We've got a fun one coming up tonight on the road at Dodge City. The girls will start at six. The boys will follow a little bit after that, probably seven fifteen, seven thirty. For those of you that'll be making the trip out to Dodge City, well, you better get going here pretty soon because it's going to be a long haul out west tonight, and then a late night it's, coming. It's back. about as far as it is at Topeka, is my understanding. Isn't that right? 150, 140 miles. I've never been. I think it's a little longer, a little weavier. Oh yeah, you got to go in and out and yeah. drive around places where Topeka. It's one right-hand turn in Salina. Yep. And then you roll into the top city. There you go. Should be a fun one tonight from Dodge City. For Steve Sell, I'm Jim Joyner. Thanks for listening to According to Jim. We'll see you tonight. According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell was brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmers State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. Make sure to listen to According to Jim every weekday from 1230 to 1 p.m. right here on 96.7 FM KBBE.